Hello and welcome to episode one of the Walking Through Wonderland podcast. My name is George and I'm working with Connor, Carla, and Uno. Today, we will be exploring three iterations of the classic tale, Alice in Wonderland. In this tale, Alice chases a rabbit down a hole and while shrinking, falls into Wonderland. She meets many characters, including the Mad Hatter, the Duchess, the Cheshire Cat, and the Queen of Hearts. The Queen invites her to play croquet but Alice is accused of eating the queen's tarts. The queen orders for Alice to be beheaded, but Alice suddenly wakes up from what appeared to be a dream. In this episode, we will explore how Alice's subconscious has picked up on societal expectations of women and the working class, and how she's only able to realize and explore this in a dream, where said sexism and exploitation are drawn out of proportion. The three iterations we used were Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, the original novel written by Lewis Carroll, the nursery Alice, still written by Lewis Carroll about 20 years later for younger audiences, and Alice in Wonderland, the beloved Disney classic filmed in 1951. Mental illness and mental health issues are very prevalent in the story. A syndrome called Alice in Wonderland syndrome comes from the story because of how Alice's perception of time and the sizes of objects are distorted. We see mental health issues with the Mad Hatter and how he shows symptoms of borderline personality disorder and ADHD. Eating disorders are portrayed through Alice in the way that she sees her body and the food seeing things as much bigger or much smaller than they actually are. The author, Lewis Carroll, struggled with eating disorders throughout much of his life, and the frequent references to food in the story are likely reflections of that. The first questions that I have is, have you noticed any connections between the mental states of the characters in Alice in Wonderland and real life mental health issues? And if you have, um, how do you think the book or movie does a good job of bringing light to these issues? Sure. So there are connections. Um, and that's that was kind of evident at the time because right, Alice in Wonderland was written a while back. Um, so that was evident at the time. But since then, um, there, there actually are studies, psychological studies about the story. And there's an entire syndrome that's actually named Alice in Wonderland syndrome. So um, you can maybe art inspires life, right, in this case. Um, the question then becomes, is she actually experiencing all of these things or is she like imagining all of these things, right? And so the syndrome that develops is an assumption that somebody is having this um, authentic experience like Alice is having, but it's not real. Um, so it's somebody who, um, if you have like Alice in Wonderland syndrome, which is what it's called, AIWS, um, it's somebody who experiences like body dimorphism where sometimes they feel really big and sometimes they feel really small. Um, objects in their environment get really big and really small. So these sorts of things happen. And then it's kind of um, like they have a schizophrenic break, meaning they have hallucinations and hallucinations can be visual, but also audio. Um, and so if you take this little girl and you believe, of course, there are no other worlds that she could have gone to, then it looks like this is somebody who is having a pretty severe schizophrenic break. They're having a lot of hallucinations. 
um, they, and, and it's hard to say because it's, it is an imagination, but people who have schizophrenia, like their brain is just firing differently. Oh, thank you. In all of the tales, we witness the Queen of Hearts having a narcissistic personality disorder, as she is seen being obsessed with herself and the image she portrays to the outside world. The Queen of Hearts plays another symbolic role which we can observe through a feminist lens. She symbolizes a female whose powers are too large for her to handle, and because she can't control her emotions, we see a chaotic and dystopian result. Through this character and others, such as the cook, the author asserts the sexist idea that male figures are better suited to be in such positions, with considerable influence and or power, because they have more self-control and superior ideals. A different side of feminism is shown in the form of Alice. Alice represents a different side of feminism where female character does not have any power. Some critics argue that Alice represents passive feminism. Karina Garland, who believes Alice is being portrayed as a slave to the men of the novel, refers to the scene of the mushroom where Alice does not hesitate to go by the caterpillar's instruction. She makes a point about the passage. Alice doesn't know what the food will do to her, but is told she must eat it. The result is that the instruction completely denies her knowledge, and therefore any control over what she consumes, and the changes her body undertakes as a result of this eating. Other critics, however, such as Megan S. Lloyd, argue that Alice rather breaks from the set stereotypes and ventures out of what was expected from a quiet Victorian female at the time. She possesses character traits such as bravery and curiosity that she displays as she ventures into scenarios out of her own yearn to know more and figure things out herself. Alice's adventures in Wonderland clearly exemplifies views on feminism during the Victorian era, and despite the movements and reforms that happened afterwards, we can still see instances where similar cases of sexism and gender ideals are in play in our own day-to-day -day lives. When we dive deeper, we can see that Alice in Wonderland is easily interpreted as a commentary on the class and racial divides of Victorian England. The author, Lewis Carroll, wrote this book in 1865, while the separation between the rich and the poor, the powerful and the oppressed had never been bigger. When Alice, a member of the upper middle class in her world, travels to Wonderland, she fails to realize that she is in an abstract version of Victorian England, where the bourgeoisie gain power while the working class are mere playthings to them. Sound familiar? Additionally, we see that the royal race is related to cards. The higher the card, the more important the card is. All of these things were also very present in Alice's home of England, but in Wonderland, Alice remarks on how it feels weird and wrong while she sees England's divides as part of the norm. Alice in Wonderland covers mental health issues as well as doing a good job of making subtle commentary on class issues in Victorian England where it was first written. 
On the flip side, it does a poor job of portraying realistic female characters and only shows characters with the most extreme traits on either side. Many thanks to Miss Aguayo for her help.